I'd, I'd rather do no deal than be stuck in a bad deal. And at the beginning, we are eager to make things work and to find a solution and, so, and stuff like that. Sometimes just some deals are just not meant to be or they're just not for you. And, and you do have to walk away. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education, tons of great information. It's free to join. Be sure to come grow with us at The Right Club dot com now on with the podcast right club nation welcome back i'm sarah larby and i'm joined by alfonso salemi and we are interviewing axel mont saint jean today an investor making things happen in montreal if you want to know about the montreal the quebec market this is going to be a great show for you alfonso first and foremost what is new and exciting on your end yeah, lots of great things going on. It's a very competitive market. It seems where we are now, I guess we're recording this in, uh, towards the end of March. Uh, the market has seemed to cool a little bit. It was red hot. Now it's probably like, you know, like just a lighter shade of red hot. But uh, yeah, definitely getting into to more projects, more deals, more opportunities. Uh, we actually had an offer with a condition that was accepted. So that is looking good from our standpoint. So we're bringing on more projects, bringing on more deals, helping more people get into home ownership. Really excited about that. And uh, as our team continues to grow as well, uh, some more and more projects all across the province. So how about you, Sarah? What's new and exciting with you? And uh, what are you working on these days? Uh, well, me and my business partners bought three deals, really cool deals in Hamilton, um, some conversion opportunities. So we are actually bringing in some uh, joint venture partners and people that wanted to invest with us and uh, making everybody uh, some money along the way, making it a win-win and uh, probably lots more to come. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for these partners, but I think the three of us complement each other really well. One is a contractor with like 30 people in-house, a property management company, an in-house realtor. And one is probably you guys know him, but I, I won't, I won't name names at this point. Um, but a conversion expert. So the three of us together are really making things happen, making deals happen and uh, having fun along the way. But on that note, let's talk about the Montreal market and let's talk about Axel and what he's been doing. I mean, it's been fascinating. He's been scaling quickly, left his full-time gig to do this. And uh, now he's even getting in some development stuff. So small multis into some bigger projects and everything in between. Right Club Nation, if you haven't checked out our online platform, therightclub.com, check us out. We have events as well pretty much every couple weeks new events for different topics, different strategies, and all that good stuff. So don't forget to leave a rating and review. And Alfonso, what do you say? Should we bring Axel in? Let's do it. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast. Axel, it's so good to have you on here today. Uh, really looking forward to chatting. So thanks, for, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Yeah. We're going to get right into it. I know, you know, you have a very successful podcast. You're getting into all different types of projects. 
uh, you know, very diverse background as well too. So for all of those that are listening, you know, give us uh, give us your background, a little bit about why you're uh, you're on the Red Cloud podcast today. All right. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I started as an investor like a few years ago, being in the corporate world, and I kind of got tired of trying to do always good deals for other people and being an employee and kind of being stuck in, in, in the rat race that we all know and all talk about. And my wife had started to invest. Uh, she had a little condo that we, that we renovated one summer. And um, she had said like, I'm going to renovate it. I, I want to get exactly this type of tenant. I'm going to rent it for that price. And we're, it's going to be paid by a corporate check. And I was like, yeah, okay, babe. Like, huh? And that's exactly what she got. And um, we, we ended up, you know, investing in real estate. And then after a few years, I actually kind of stopped in my uh, corporate world. I was in the supply chain management for a manufacturing company. Then I worked for a small rail company called the CN. I've never been paid that much to do that little. I walked out after a year. I just, I was just bored and um, went full-time into real estate. So we picked up some small projects some small multifamily, and now we're in the process of, um, of scaling. That's uh, that's very cool. So you, you basically, you know, I think left where a lot of people would have been scared because they want to have that, you know, the comfort of having a, a nine to five job and, and a steady income. What did people around you say when you're like, I'm, I'm just out of here, you know, regardless of what they pay me, I'm bored and I'm out. It's, it's, a, that's a, it's a funny question. Like some people couldn't believe it. And even at my old employer, some people said like, so what, just cruise along. It's easy. And I was like, I can't do that. I'm bored. I need more. I know I can contribute more for myself and for others. And I want to go. And the, the arrangement that we had made with my wife was that, so she was, we were both employees. She, she would continue. And basically like as quickly as possible, I had to do project to supplement our income, whatever that was. So at first I actually took some small uh, consulting contracts um, and that went on for a little while, but I was, I kept doing the research. I kept educating. And then it, it's a little bit afterwards that we picked up our first, uh, our first multifamily. Okay. Now where, where was this multifamily and can you share maybe some details on how you acquired it and the price points and all that good stuff? Sure. So it's in Montreal. It's in the, yes, uh, in the Lachine. It's one of the neighborhoods and it's for those who kind of know Montreal, it's kind of between downtown and the airport basically. And so in that, that's actually one of the attractions of it is because a lot of people in that neighborhood either work downtown or at the airport or in Ville Saint Laurent, which is more manufacturing. Um, so it was a, it was a good neighborhood. And I was looking at the time for like one to four units. I was working with an agent and I asked like for the full listings for a couple of properties in that neighborhood. And then he actually emailed me and said, Hey, there's also this one, but you didn't ask about it. So he, he sent it to me and it was a five units. They were asking for five ten. Now that was 2019. And it was, I, so after, after going through the listing, I actually went on site and it was kind of peculiar because usually in that neighborhood or in that zoning block, rather, it's only duplex triplex, but this one, it was a five unit. It was a triplex in the front. There was a little, a little passage along the property line and then a duplex in the back with like kind of like an inner courtyard and stuff. And I just saw so much potential. And so we went and made an offer and we actually got it. We got it down at 485. So like not even hundred K a door, which now thinking about it is like a dream. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. And I'm just curious because you know, in Ontario, as an example, or where I'm investing, there's uh, landlord tenant rules that are not as favorable for for landlords. Um, and I heard and I don't know, but you, you can educate us uh, much better that Montreal was also a little bit difficult uh, with landlord tenant rules. 
That's right. The laws here are very pro-tenant. It's like that throughout the province and almost, I guess, throughout Canada. Um, we have, yeah, we have the um, le TAL, which is the Tribunal Administratif du, Logement, du Logement. So it's like a, a court for lodging, basically. And there, there's a lot of laws, you know, rent increases. There's a very strict calculation. I mean, we all know what it is in Canada. Um, but in this place, we actually, for this property, we got lucky because out of the five, one tenant had said that uh, she was going to leave. She lived in the semi-basement that we wanted to renovate. And then in the duplex, um, one guy had a court case against him to be evicted, but the, the landlord never actually enforced it. And then the, the one upstairs had some issues, and I thought it was just a question of time. And actually, like within three months, we got those three units vacated. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty uncommon. I guess these days it is a lot tougher, you know, with, again, with the tough landlord tenant board here in Ontario, again, in Quebec, same type of things. And, you know, you mentioned how you acquired this property it was, you know, by chance that the, the, the realtor had set this uh, particular opportunity amongst another list of opportunities, you know, what's, what's changed, I guess, you know, in terms of how you were finding properties and now to current day, how you're finding opportunities and deals for the projects that you're deciding to move forward on. Yeah, totally. So right now we're, surprisingly like we're still finding properties listed on on Centre, it's like on the market and we we acquired one in uh, december that was listed on the market and we just were there at the right time the right place it was listed for about a week um we bought a fully vacant four unit right next to the metro for 400k um which is really like 70 cents on the dollar and that was on market and then we also acquire now through just fully off market just that we found through the network so bird dogs um people we know and also full-on prospecting where we contact uh, owners and see if, uh, if they'd like to sell i mean it's interesting that these properties in retrospect they, they sound very inexpensive right and so like just looking at it, you know, maybe somebody's in, in BC or somebody's in in Ontario, and they're like, "Well, that's not even a hundred, you know, k a door." What are the rents? Like, I I'd, I'd be curious to know. Like, are they comparable to what we're seeing here? Are they less expensive? Like, can you share, you know, maybe what a, a one, two, and three? You and I know it's dependent on the yeah. location and stuff, but just like on average. Sure. Okay. So for the first property, the first fiveplex I was talking about, we renovated the units and we took some two bedrooms to uh, 1150 and now they're at 1200. Um, and then the ones that are renovated, sorry, the ones that are upstairs and unrenovated, if the, the tenants right now pay about 650, 675. And if they were to leave, we would literally double the rent. Um, and so in the, in the new property that we just acquired in December, it's fully vacant. So, and it needs a, it's a full gut, um, full strip and full redo, at least on the ground floor. Uh, but that property will generate about twelve to $1,400 per unit per month. And that's for between one and two bedrooms. Um, and we also, we include all appliances and uh, Wi-Fi. So compared, I don't know how it compares to BC and Vancouver. Obviously, if you're in Gastown, like in a top tower, like it's 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 very different. Uh, but for Montreal prices, that's uh, that's more or less what it is. And and this is where I had a big reality check: is that it's in Laval, in a neighborhood that I know a little bit less. But I have a buddy of mine. Shout out to him actually, who when I told him about the place was like, oh my god, this is an amazing location. He had bought a triplex over there, and he's just listing it now at 1.1 million. 
and that's a fourplex for 400K, and we're putting about 250 into it. Like, we can't go wrong. And this was found on market. So it always makes me laugh, people who say, there's no opportunities, everything's too expensive, and this and that. That's not true. You're not looking properly enough, and you gotta, you got to pound the phone. you got to look, or you got to find other people to do that work for you. But there is plenty of opportunities. Yeah, so I guess you're absolutely right. You know, the opportunities are there. You know, if you're not looking in the right places or having, you know, that consistency of going out there, it's easy to maybe say that or lament and complain that you can't find those opportunities. But having the right people uh, looking for those types of deals or knowing exactly what you're looking for um, and, and in those certain areas as well, too. So, um, you know, in terms of, like you said, the rents now, you know, you probably, I guess we didn't really touch this, but give us an overview of what the current portfolio looks like. Are you self-managing? How does that look like? How, how do you manage? Do you, do you have joint venture partners? What are, what's the kind of the, the makeup of your current portfolio? Sure. So it's a small multifamily. So five units. Um, we have, so two fives, one four. We have right now a, a duplex that we're turning into a five. Uh, we're at the, at the permit level. And now we just picked up another one to build a 17 unit. Uh, with 16 underground parking spots, 5,000 square feet of commercial on the ground floor, and then 16 units above. Um, so that's what I'm working on now. It's been about a month, month and a half, and it's taking quite a bit of juice. And so really in terms of, like we've done some partnership. This The first five unit, the one in Lachine, uh, we did it with a partner, 50% of the equity, and, um, and that's worked out fairly well. So, but it's just that after that, we were able to actually kind of sell finance and, or we took some, we took some loans for, from private investor. We have another investor who's with us, for example, on uh, for 300K at 8% for a year, um, no equity. Um, so it always kind of depends on how, how the partner wants to structure it. Some, as you know, like some people want equity, some people just want to return on their money. We're open to both. And uh, for the 17 units, we took on a partner for 25%. Um, of it. And so that's why, and now I'm looking at lands for, you know, 120 units. There's a project that I worked on last year that, um, that got into a bit of legal trouble and stuff like that, but now it's back on. And so I'm, I'm back at it. And that is for three times 40, um, three buildings of 40 units, sorry. Uh, so trying to, trying to get bigger and bigger projects because you guys have gone through it. Like by the time you buy a six unit or a 12, it's the same amount of work. You might as well just pack more unit under that same roof. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Right Club Nation, just want to take a quick moment here and introduce you to Private Money for Mortgages, which is a mortgage brokerage. And the great thing about private money for mortgages is if you are looking to do a flip or a burr or something that requires a little bit more work where you might not get traditional bank financing, a great opportunity to still acquire that property is with private money. So private money is going to be at some point in your journey a necessary tool for you or maybe somebody that you know, another investor to build your portfolio and knowledge is key. You can book a discovery call with Susan and her team to learn why, how, and when to use private mortgages in your real estate journey. You can visit their website, which is privatemoneyformortgages.com. And there's a free guide to private mortgages that you can get there. And also Susan can help you with a vetting process. So when you are looking at properties, whether it's a flip property or a burr property, they can assist you with finding different financing options for these types of purchases. And again, it could come with a higher cost. Most likely it will because it's private money, but if it is executed properly with a proper exit, that is going to be key. So again, private money for mortgages, which is the number four dot com and now back to the show and now back to the show
Yeah, for sure. Well, first and foremost, congratulations, because it sounds like you scaled very quickly in a short amount of time uh, as well. Now you're working on some cool projects. So now you're, you're getting into development, you're getting into building. Um, how are you, how are you structuring these new bigger deals now? So the, the 17 unit is the one that we have right now. Um, it's in a corporation. I have a partner that's coming into it in his private name. Um, I have a holding company that owns my share into that company. Um, and then we're taking advantage. We're, so we, we're both bringing cash to it. And then we are taking advantage of the new uh, CMHC APH program. So 95% of construction. And so that's what we're in the process of, uh, of starting now. Um, yeah, in terms of structure, it's actually really basic. Like now for the other ones, like now we have more and more investors that are like, hey, Excel, you know, I've been following you. I think it's cool what you're doing. I'd love to jump in. And so now we register, you know, a new company for every project and we take those, those investors um, within that newly incorporated vehicle, basically. Very cool. So you've got, uh, you know, you've got lots of projects on the go. I, I want to go back. You said one was, was uh, in legal trouble. What is, what, what happened? Do you mind sharing? Like, uh, and, and if you, yeah. because it's still no, 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 I can't, it's, it's, it's totally okay. And I'm okay. not going to go into the specifics of the location. So just okay. imagine like an hour out of Montreal, basically um, a project, a big piece of land for 160 units. And the owner of the land agreed with the developer to basically like sell him one quarter and so he would develop that quarter and do the first 40 unit building. Um, and then he, he omitted to ask for servitude between the two lot, between the quarter and the three quarter, because the quarter is the one that has the street access and the three quarter was now fully enclaved. And so when we were doing our due diligence, we actually found out and we said, look, like we want to close, but we can't buy an island, you know? So this is landlocked essentially is what it is. Exactly. The property it's, it's, was landlocked. You'd have to go and, and go into somebody else's property in order to get to that property, which yeah. you can't always do. Which you can't always do. So then I, I, I found another access, but the city really, really was not keen on it. And so then there's like other small pieces of land along the street. So I tried to buy one of those to demolish and go through it. That didn't end up happening as well. And so basically when we brought it to the owner, he just, he was like, oh, okay, okay, well, let me see. And so he ended up going to court with his old partner. That was about a year ago. And now that situation has been resolved, which I won't go into the details how, but it is. And so now potentially there's, the opportunity to go back on that piece of land and uh, and acquire it is just that in the last you know year and a bit prices have increased significantly there's more and more interest for that kind of development and it's getting a little bit more competitive but we're still going at it and and kind of the criteria is we got it evaluated last year and it was uh, it was a very good deal it's just that we'll see how far from that we can have it back under contract and see if there's enough land lift if there is then yes if not then Sometimes the hardest, the best deals are the ones you don't make and you have to have the will to walk away and be like, ah, not for me, can't do it, and then walk away. So that's where we're at that stage now. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I love what you just said. Sometimes the best deal is the deal that you don't do or that's going to prevent you from doing others. And, you know, there's something that I think is just common amongst a lot of the people that we interview on this podcast, a lot of people that we interact with is, you know, you're kind of going through those issues and legal troubles and all that kind of stuff. And it's in a more of a nonchalant way of, you know, this was that issue. We had to do our due diligence. We found that out. We tried to buy that other problem. Like you just basically listed off a whole 
list of you know ways to try to solve the problem and and it kind of comes to my next question of you know the determining factors of what makes an investor successful and i think you know in relative terms everybody has a different you know definition of success but i would consider you know what you've done what you are doing as a success what are some of those factors because you know some people might be listening to this and be like oh my god that's a lot of trouble i'm getting a stomach ache or a headache you know just even thinking about doing this let alone actually going through it so what are some of those factors that you know that you have to have that maybe are that most people wouldn't think of. Yeah, that, that's a big, a big question. Like, and it's one thing to talk about it like after the fact versus like when you're in it. I'm not gonna say sometimes I get stomach aches, but like sometimes you know. Let, first of all, it's hard. Okay, like, we're not gonna lie to anyone here. If we make it sound easy, is because we've done it a few times and we know how to go about it. Um, it's 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 a bit hard, but it's it's in what's in what is challenging is also extremely rewarding. And I'm not just talking about financially, also from a, for, from a mental and psychological point of view, knowing that you're able to weather that battle and go through it. Now, is it for me like it's it's about being organized, having a do a good due diligence checklist, and then a it might be surprising, but it's trying to be like in a way as detached as possible. It's a trend. It's a real estate transaction. You're not saving lives. We're not surgeons. We're not going to war. We're just trying to make something a deal work. And if you can't just if I can't get what I'm what I'm looking for, then sometimes you know you just got to walk away and say, yeah, I put like five ten k into this due diligence, and uh, and it's not working. But I'd, I'd rather do no deal than be stuck in a bad deal. And at the beginning, we are eager to make things work and to find a solution and, so, and stuff like that. Sometimes just some deals are just not meant to be, or they're just, they're just not for you. And, and you do have to walk away. So educating yourself about what's good and what's not is absolutely key. And that's an advice I would give to anyone listening. Like you want to go buy a half, dollar, half million dollar property. Uh, okay. So the first thing you're going to do is go spend five or 10 K in coaching, learning anything that you can do, because you can't spend half a million on a property if you're not going to spend five to 10K on yourself. That's number one. Number two, uh, after education is hang around with people who have done it before. You're not the first one. You certainly won't be the last one. Tag along with someone who already has gone through that process and that you can learn from. You can, I hate the expression, pick their brain because it makes it, it makes it sound like a vulture. But like, if you can ask a question once in a while, like, Hey, I've, were you in that situation? Like, what? how did you get out of it? What, what would you do? And stuff like that. And real estate investing is actually full of people who are really just want to help you. It's not just sharks. Um, and kind of the last thing is like in the mindset, you just have to remember your why, why are you doing this? And that uh, at least like, I, I try to remind myself that it's just a game. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you you know put a lot of time into it and doesn't work out. Sometimes it does work out, but like there's plenty of other deals. If it's not this one, it'll be another one. No worries, be detached. It's just a transaction. Yeah, it it is right. And so, and I think ultimately, I mean, you've answered that really well. There was a ton of content to to dissect there, but it is. I mean, you know, it is just a transaction and your, your mindset and your stress levels and how you treat others along the way is going to be so much more important than a deal. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you will lose a little bit of money and sometimes you'll make a little bit of money. And sometimes you'll make a lot of money. Right. And it's just a, a risk and reward. And, and especially as you're going into some of the bigger stuff, the developments, you know, there's, like you said, due diligence, is not from when you go into commercial and you go into some bigger stuff and your, your due diligence is going to cost 
a few thousand dollars at least. So, yeah. and sometimes you walk away and you spent 10 grand or 15 grand, or if you have to do a phase one or phase two, and depending on what that looks like. And, and you don't, it's not the same as, as residential. So you do have to be prepared that you might, you might walk away having spent 20 grand for due diligence on something. And you're like, you know what? It was, it was 20 grand well spent because there's many pr more problems I'm not willing to take on. And that is the game at that level. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like you also have to learn how to walk away knowing that you made a bit of a loss. But like last week, uh, we're working on another deal of a five unit here in Montreal. And um, a guy calls me and he's like, oh, you know, like we did the, um, we did the evaluation, but now we had um, an assessment from an architect. We can go from five to eight units. Um, he's going to redo the evaluation, but he wants to charge me another 500 bucks. Can you believe this? And I was on the phone. I was like, hey, man. You're trying, you're buying a $1.1 million deal. You're going to go invest 500K into it. And you're, and you're bitching because the evaluator is asking you 500 bucks. I'm like, this is a non-issue. Like we're not having this conversation. And I, and I heard the guy say, Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. And then that was the end of that conversation. It's like, as you said, Sarah, like at some point you reach a certain level in the game that, yeah, you're going to have to leave a little bit on the table and it's not lost. It's just a choice, but it's the cost of doing business. That's all. And all you need to do is like one successful deal and it will erase the money sunk into three due diligence that didn't work out. It's still worth it in the end. Do it. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Right Club Nation. Let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yep, absolutely. It is, it is a numbers game, right? It's, you know, the doors you knock on, the people that you talk to, the investment that you make, like you said, into yourself and the investment in that due diligence, it's better to lose 10, 20,000 than a hundred or 200,000, right? It's a lot more easier to recoup that. Um, and, and having that that structure, that process, and it does sound that you do have, you know, your operations in order, a team, you know, looking for different, you know, different projects, doing different things along the way. What does that look like, you know, to, to support your efforts, uh, you know, you know, your investments? What does that team look like or, or what does that look like today? Okay, so in, I have no employees. Um, I mean, my, my wife recently left her full-time employment job and now she's, she's come on board. And so we're kind of dividing the project because she has some and she's the lead on it. And then I have some projects and I'm, a, I'm the lead on it, but we consult each other. Um, and then we have, so we have one uh, gentleman um, who was, who approached us, really wanted to learn. And he kind of became our 
partner slash assistant and he's been doing plenty of stuff uh, for us and you know we've invested in his education and now he's you know um, helping us with with some of the property management um, actually he, hand, he handles the property management like tenants um, and, so, and stuff like that at least for two of the properties uh, my wife handles another one and there's actually very little I was gonna say demand for it uh, it's just that over the years we've built a good network with real estate agents mortgage brokers um, insurance brokers and then all the professionals around architect land surveyor appraiser we have one notary we've done every single transaction with him and he was a friend of my wife they met at the orchestra and that's a, like on our second deal we're like we need a notary it's like do we know anyone it's like yeah this guy was he, he played, my wife played violin and he played the, the bigger violin that you stand on a stick. Um, anyways, I forgot the name. And so, and, yeah, and he's been amazing. Cello. Sorry? Cello? Yeah, in French, le violoncelle. You know, it's the, the big one. And, yeah. Anyways. I think that's a cello. The, a cello, okay. I mean, and, I'm uh, not a musician, but I've been to the symphony it, a couple of times. I like it. <laughs> okay, well, it, it sounds familiar as the name of the instrument. I'm just not familiar in English. But uh, and so and so him, he's become a reference now. And also same thing for legal. Like we've dealt with a few lawyers. We all, you know, they're always just a, a short phone call away. So to go back to your question, like we do a, some some of it in, uh, I wouldn't say in-house, uh, like the property management, because, you know, we're still just managing just about 20 units. It's still doable um, and stuff like that. But then the, we, we have a strong link with all those professionals. And as an advice to anyone out there, it's like, well, you know, do I look for a notary? Like once I'm, I already have a deal? No, talk to people, network. First of all, go to events and always ask for people who are a little bit further than you down the investment path. Hey, who would you recommend like as a notary or as, a, as an architect? a land surveyor and just like talk to these people before you actually need them because by the time you need them it's not that it's too late it's just that it's yeah it's too late to pick and choose and assess them and and all that so it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like dating you know go on a couple of dates before you invite someone out for dinner and the opera where you can go see the Moncello or whatever it's called. The I mean, obviously <laughs> your team is super important. And I do want to, I, I, I always want to point out differences. And I think part of it is because I used to listen to so many American podcasts and I thought, you know, that we could do the same thing in Canada when I was first starting out and that we could save taxes doing the 1031 exchanges and that kind of stuff. So I guess where I'm going with this is you talked about a notary. In, in many places, we have a real estate investing lawyer that does the transaction. Like, can you explain the process of how a purchase and sale, or I guess a purchase would work in Montreal or in Quebec? Because I, I know there are going to be some nuances and some differences, including the notary. Uh, yeah. If you could just touch a base on that, I think that's... Sure. Everybody. So, so, so same thing. I, I've never done a transaction on Ontario, so I, I'm not very familiar with the real estate lawyer, but essentially, um, whether you're on market or not, your notary is going to be the, the central point of contact. So he's going to request all of the documentation. So the accepted offer, um, first of all, um, and then he's going to check, you know, the title uh, of, of the company, if there's still a mortgage, if it needs to be, maybe the mortgage has been paid down, but it, the lien has never been removed. Um, and then he's also going to be responsible for, um, in terms of the financing to prepare the transaction. So let's say you're dealing with um, a, a bank, um, the mortgage has been approved. Uh, the disbursement is going to be done to him in his um, account on Fidecomi, 
where it's kind of like a, his neutral account. And then he's going to prepare all the documentation with the, uh, the offer. And then he asks for, usually if there's a financing, he's going to ask for the buyer to come first because then you signed your mortgage two, three days before the actual sale. So then it gets published. And once that's done, then he asks for the buyer and the seller to join in his office or sometimes electronically to actually sign the deed. And really at that point is the money released and the um, you become the new lawful owner of that property. So he holds a very central role, the notary, but it's also in some cases when this is like you're buying a, a cookie cutter house and it's extremely standardized. As soon as you have like, kind of a weird setup or questions with regards to land or, you know, any servitudes or right aways or anything like that. He's kind of the reference person. Um, so it's crucial to have a good one on your team that you're familiar with. Thanks for, thanks for mentioning that. There is something I heard and this could be a rumor, but that you, you essentially don't know if you're going to close until you're closing. Like there's something, and I could totally be wrong, but that and maybe it's a myth or, or maybe it's just in my brain that I can't remember. But when you have something, you, you sign a, an agreement of purchase and sale, I think you've got to do everything, you know, to the best of your standard, but it doesn't mean that it's going to go through. Like I, there is, there's something that was different on. Hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I've heard from him of cases where the seller didn't show up and the transaction. They have to both show up together. Uh, no. So sometimes it's within the, within the same day. Ideally it is a together, but in the last two years, like to avoid people congregating, it was like, Oh, the seller first. And then the buyer, you know, in the morning and the buyer in the afternoon, and you saying that you signed the same document. We've had both instances where we, all of us are in the room and I find it's quite nice. Cause it's actually like a little ceremonial, in a way. <sighs> you know, you do all this work for two close for two, three months. And then finally you get there. And that's actually another tip that I'm going to share that, you know, is that at most of my closings, I bring a bottle of champagne for both my notary and for the seller, if the transaction has gone well. And when I say a transaction has gone well, it doesn't mean people are nice. It just means that we're actually able to close, which in, in our case has been like pretty much 100% of the time. But I find it's always nice to end up on a nice note because think about it. You do three months of work to get to that closing and you're like, oh, it's the end. No, it, it's actually the beginning because now you just own the property and you have to optimize it or do whatever you want with it. But like to end on a good note, both with the, the notary and the seller um, and also with the seller is that often, as you guys know, sellers, they don't just have one property and they, they like working with you on this one. Then on the next one, you know, you're like, Hey, come on, let's do another one. You liked it. It was enjoyable. Sell me another one next year. So, you know, and, and, you know, for, for 40 bucks, you get a decent bottle. Just, just do it. At least, you know, it's my little advice. I love that. You leave a good taste in their mouth, the taste yeah. of champagne, right? Literally. So that yeah. that's wonderful. That's a great tip. I love that idea. And I think from the, it is, it makes the deal a little bit more personal. It makes that mm -hmm. transaction a little bit more personal being in that room. I kind of like that, that concept of everybody getting in the same room. Cause you know, after going through so many different transactions, it does become a little bit like, you know, almost like a, an assembly line that it's just wash, yeah. rinse, repeat and go through that. So, you know, it does, you know, put a, a good stamp and a good taste in, in their mouth as well too. Mm -hmm. So, um, sorry, go ahead. No, and I've also used that trick on making some uh, off market offers 
where I've prospected and, you know, I had the owner on the phone. Hello. And then I'm interested in your property. And it's like, okay, you know, we end up having a nice chat and it's like, Hey, could, could I make you, you know, I'll come by and I'll make you an offer. Okay. And I've gone with a real, you know, a, a good, a good bottle of wine and the offer, um, you know, fully printed wrap, like a message with a red bow tie. And the thing is that it's not, it doesn't mean I'm going to, it doesn't change anything about the price. It's just that it makes you stand out because people, they don't want to meet people anymore. They just want to send an offer by email and that's it. Build a relationship, go over there. And even like I've had meetings during COVID with fold up chairs in a park with owners just to be able to like chat for 20 minutes. And, and that makes you stand out because you build a relationship. And from that relationship, you can move forward in whichever direction you want. So take, make a bit to anyone listening, like take a bit of time, make an effort to stand out because some people did, they get, they get contacted every week for their buildings. So if you want to be the guy or the girl, they remember offer them a bottle of wine. That's, that's good. And I, I will say, I mean, you are kind of known for going a little bit above and beyond. And before we started recording this podcast, we were having a conversation. And the first connection that I had with you, you had sent a handwritten card in the mail with a stamp with your picture of not only you, because if it was only you, it'd be a different story. But I like that you had your wife and your kids there. So it was like, you know, business type of relationship, which, which for somebody that's a woman, you guys would appreciate that. And you're like, Hey, give me a call. Like you, you're a real estate investor. And I'm like, I have to call this guy. Like he went through the trouble of actually writing a handwritten letter, somehow find my, found my PO box to send it to and gave me a nice picture of his family. I'm like, that's like, those are the little things that people remember. And I remember that. And that was like, I want to say that was like two years ago that we connected, that you sent that over. Um, But those are the little things that matter. You want to stand out, do something. I'm not saying to send me a letter, but you know, that, that was the first time I ever got, we didn't know each other back then. No, we didn't. We'd never, we'd never spoken. And the thing is, I, and thank you for bringing up that story because you actually called. And I remember like looking at the phone and it was your name. And I was like, Oh, she's calling me. I can't believe this. And you're like, Oh, I got your letter. Thank you so much. And I was like, floored that you took the time to call me and then we've spoken a few times ever since then and and again again to to everyone listening like do little things that make you stand out it's not that i was gonna say it's not that complicated in a way and so last year yeah we we did um we printed a card and we sent it to we had said with my wife we'll send it to everyone that we've worked with and we ended up sending i think about 70 um, some, you know, most people we knew, and there's a few, a few like you, where I was like, I'm throwing a bottle in the ocean and we'll see what happens. And I'm glad I did, because as you said, you remember it. Yeah, absolutely. And here, and here you are today sharing your story and you had so much success along the way. What, what are you looking for today? Like, are you looking for money partners, joint venture partners, people to invest with you in Montreal? Like what's, you know, I mean, if, if you could, uh, let the audience, the right club nation know right now, you know, what is it that you're looking for more deals? Um, but if they, if they can give back to you or, or reach out to you, what would it be for? That's a really good point. Um, I would, so, you know what there, well, there's multiple things, but I'll, I'll keep it short is that I'm, I'm obviously I'm growing and I'm looking for more good deals. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm looking for them actively myself or through others. Um, I've, I, I also now do take partners. So if anyone wants to join and do a deal together, uh, they can contact me and, uh, I would say be, be my guest. 
um, I'm also looking, I actually also really want to help as many people start investing in real estate because for us, it's made a big difference in our lives and real estate investing is, it is something that still has a fairly big mental barrier to entry. A lot of people are scared and we all know people who for three years said, I want to instead invest in real estate. It's like, how many offers have you made? None. Okay. Well, there you go. And so I want to help people and give them the confidence that if I can do it and if Alfonso can do it and if Sarah can do it, you can do it too. You just need to invest in the right things. You just need to put in the hard work, but anyone can do this. It's not that difficult. And so that's also a little bit what I've tried to share with the, the podcast um, that I've started now two years ago about sharing stories about real small real estate investors from Quebec. That's, that's yeah. what it is to give others the confidence and the knowledge that they can do it too. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to kind of how we started this conversation about finding deals on market, off market, all those types of things, you have to make it happen. It's not just going to fall on your lap. If this was easy, everybody and their brother and their sister and their uncle would be all doing this. And, um, you know, and there is more and more attention around this, but it's not easy. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficulties, how you get past it, how you do it and how you bring yourself, your authenticity to the table is really what gets it done. And uh, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation and yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you on for, for more, for more conversations and, and, uh, and podcasts. But uh, at this point of the podcast, we've reached our lightning round. So Axel, are you ready for the lightning round? I am. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 M-T-G-T-E-A-M. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, here we go. Question number one, Axel, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Done is better than perfect. I love that. That's awesome. That's I, I love that saying. Guys, stop trying to be perfect. Get things done. And then over time, you are going to get better and better. Just start. Just start. And you're going to make plenty of mistakes and it's going to be crappy and it's not what you wanted and this and that. But start uh, is the biggest, the biggest first step you can make. And that never changes. Doesn't matter how many projects, how many deals you do, just, just keep starting, keep making the mistakes. There is, in my opinion, no such thing as perfect. So mm-hmm. um, question number two, what is your favorite resource for real estate investing? And that can be anything. Wow. My favorite resource, I was going to say, well, now with the, the internet, uh, there's so much. The internet podcast, I've listened to hundreds of hours of bigger pockets. Um, from the U.S., so some of it is transferable, some of them, some isn't. As, as Sarah said a bit earlier, um, I was going to say my the best resource is just people, people who have done it. It's just that sometimes they're hard to reach, and sometimes they don't necessarily want to take the time to like walk you through it. But um, my be- yeah, the best resource would be others who are just a little bit further along the way. All right, great advice. And if you want to get a hold of them, send them a personalized stamp card with a picture of your family. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Number three, in your opinion, what is the attribute that you have that has made you most successful? 
I was going to say oh, perseverance and people skills. So if you ask me to choose between the two, I'll go probably go perseverance. It's just that, um, it, as you know, like it's hard. You just need to keep going at it and eventually it will work. And then real estate is such a people business that like being decent. And when I say decent, I like the, the, the social, social part of it, I find helps. Um, so those two traits have been rather helpful. Absolutely. All right. Last question. On a typical Sunday morning, what are you getting up to? What are you doing? What does that look like for you? Wow. Okay. So we have two young kids, two and five. And on Sundays, it's um, French toast, crepes, or pancakes, whichever they feel like. And that's pretty much the first thing we start with. After that, we go on with the day. But it's kind of a family tradition that we like. And I like draped in maple syrup. Um, so, and, and the kids too, they've, they've, it's grown on them. Do you think that, because uh, I'm, I'm technically, my mom's from Quebec City and we used to have crepes as like on Saturdays and Sundays with the maple syrup. Like, is that a French thing? Yeah, quite. It is. It is. And so it, it depends how you want to eat those crepes. Do you eat them sweet? Do you eat them salty? Like the kids really like the sweet. So I'll feed them first. And then I usually do some with ham, cheese, and some grated cheese. And then you close it like at the restaurant. And I'll eat about two or three of them. And then I just go sit in the couch with a coffee. And that's my Sunday morning start. I love it. And and Sarah or Alfonso, next time you guys are in town, come over one morning. I'll make you crepes. Do you guys have, okay, so one of the things I absolutely love too, my grandma used to make them and my aunt does too now, is cretons. Cretons. Cretons, yeah. They're so good with a little bit of mustard. And it's like this like ground pork that you put on your toast in the morning with a little mustard, I tell you that is like, it's a game changer. <laughs> it is. So you're absolutely right. It's quite the tradition in Quebec. I've actually, we don't really have it. I don't have it in the morning, but more like around lunch or a little, a little snack here and there. And yeah, it's kind of like pate or um, the rillettes, kind of the French charcuterie. And um, yeah, it's total tradition in Quebec. Oh, man. Listeners, I hope you've had your breakfast, lunch or dinner already, because I know I'm listening to this and it's just around dinner time right now where we're <laughs> at. And, and I'm, I'm getting my stomach's grumbling, getting hungry, listening to all these uh, delicious things. But uh, Axel, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Uh, any last words of advice or anything that you'd like to share with the Right Club Nation? Yeah, for all the investors out there, either have just started or they want to keep going at it. It's it's delayed gratification. You'll never regret. It's a long-term game. You're running a marathon. Keep going at it. You'll be happy in the future. And, you know, 30 years from now, we can all be on the beach with a pina colada in our hand because one day we started and one day we planted a seed. So go plant that seed and go water it. Amazing. Axel, where can our Right Club Nation reach out and find out more? Sure. So the uh, the re uh, Very Real Estate Effect podcast, it's available anywhere you listen. And then online at realestateeffect.ca and otherwise on Instagram or Facebook. Um, feel free to, to reach out. And I'm always just a, a dial away if anyone wants has questions or chat or anything like that. It'll be a pleasure. I really mean it when I say that I want to help as many people uh, get started in real estate investing. So reach out. Amazing, Axel. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me.
What a wonderful conversation. You know what? Axel is just, you know, great tips, great information, just a unique approach to the way that he, you know, approaches the the whole real estate uh, industry and, you know, some cool tips like champagne and handwritten letters, things that get deals done and, you know, making sellers, buyers, everybody remember who you are and how do you stand out just a little bit, some really great tips. So make sure you go back and listen to some of those. But uh, Sarah, what did, uh, what did you take away or what did you like about that conversation? I mean, just about doing those additional small things, the bottle of champagne, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, he was memorable to me. And this was like two years ago because he sent me the card. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's just doing those little things that are outside the box that not everybody is doing that makes you stand out. So what are you doing to stand out, whether it's for a deal that you're trying to get with a, you know, maybe a potential seller or something that you're doing to set yourself apart from being a landlord or like anything in between. I think I think that is great. Um, done is better than perfect. One of my favorite sayings as well. But there's there's tons, tons of information in this podcast. I hope that everybody enjoyed it. What about you, Alfonso? Yeah, it was uh, it was an action packed, a lot of information in there. And yeah, just his unique approach. I really love that, you know, from doesn't really let anything and he's just real. You know, he just is real. He's saying it is hard. There are difficulties in the moment. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get some anxiety, but really detaching yourself. It's just a project. It's just a deal. This is business. You know, if you can detach yourself and not get too emotional. I know sometimes I get really excited and emotional on different projects that we work on, but you know, I'm getting better at detaching and saying, Hey, this is just a, just another deal that we need to work on. We need to go through and, and you can't tie your emotions too into that. So um, yeah, great, great conversation. Really, uh, really awesome having him on. And for more, Great conversations, great information. Make sure to get onto the rightclub.com. We have all of the podcasts, lots of our webinars, snippets, all different types of forums. Everything is on there for you to go and absorb and, and collect more and more information. Keep educating yourself. It never stops. There's more and more information that you can learn and get better. So uh, definitely check us out on uh, the rightclub.com. And like Sarah said, leave us a rating, a review, help more people find us. If this has been helpful, tell us what you like, what you didn't like, and maybe you got a great story that you want to share. Reach out to us. We'd love to have have you on uh, and, and be part of the community uh, of sharing to of all this information that we have. We're all collectively better uh, when we do share and have that information and learn from each other. So, yeah. And on that note, don't forget along the way, make sure to customize your life. Right Club Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.